We are on Yevamos, the top of Samchtes Amid Aleph, 69a. We are in the middle of the topic of Nibbala Lepasala Pasla. Essentially the idea that if a woman has sexual relations with a man, that is prohibited, it's prohibited to have those, that type of a relationship, so then she becomes disqualified from the kahuna, meaning... She is no longer allowed to eat truma if she was the daughter of a Kohen. Beforehand, she was allowed to eat truma. Now she's not allowed to eat truma. And also that they are not allowed to marry a Kohen. None of them would be allowed to marry a Kohen. Yisrael, if she's the daughter of Yisrael, and she has performs this sexual act, which is a prohibition, so then she's not allowed to marry a Kohen. The daughter of a Kohen cannot marry a Kohen. Uh, that is... Learned out from the verse, Ubas Kohen Kisi Elish Zar. Excuse me, the daughter of a Kohen, Kisiya, when she is with an Ishzar, a stranger, which we discussed in the last few recordings. Uh, one explanation that is given by the rabbis to this verse is that it means that a stranger means somebody that she's not allowed to be with. And when she's with him, so then she becomes disqualified from eating truma and also uh, becomes disqualified from marrying a Kohen. Uh, we mentioned that Kisia, the Gemara asked that, how do we know that it's referring to uh, even prohibitions which are a regular negative commandment, not just the severe prohibitions, including uh, an early death or the death penalty? How do we know that it also includes an ordinary negative commandment. And so they prove this from the fact that the verse says kisia, when there is a marriage. Kisia is a language of a marriage, and a marriage takes place when there's an ordinary negative commandment. So it's viewed as a legal marriage, even though they would have to get divorced. Uh, so Argamar now asks, what about according to the opinion of Rabbi Kiva? Rabbi Kiva is of the opinion that even when it comes to ordinary negative commandments, it is not viewed halakhically as recognized as a marriage. It is not viewed as a rec- and recognized as a marriage and as such, it shouldn't use the language of kisiyah. My kisiyah li'izhar. Ki divayl amala v'grusha lamali. My kisiyah li'izhar ki divayl. What does it mean kisiyah li'izhar? What does it mean that uh, she was with an izhar, with a stranger, with somebody that she's not allowed to be with? It must mean, according to Rabbi Kiva, that doesn't mean that they're married, it means that just that they had sexual relations, because according to him, it's not even recognized as a marriage. Uh, so it just means that they had sexual relations in any scenario where it is not allowed. Okay, the Gemara now will continue to ask uh, a few questions of uh, with regards to the source of this idea, uh, but also uh, with regards to how far we take this idea that she becomes in any type of forbidden relationship, she becomes forbidden to marry a Kohen. Uh, so the Gemara now asks, uh, if you recall from the last recording, we had a, uh, a proof that if a uh, woman has sexual relations with a non-Jew, uh, so then they also become prohibited to, from marrying, prohibited to marry a Kohen. And that was learned out from the verse that says that if they were an almana or grusha, if the daughter of a Kohen was an almana or grusha, if they were a widow or a divorcee, uh, so then if they had children from 
their marriage to a Yisrael, so then she's not no longer allowed. She's not allowed to eat truma because the children are a continuation of that marriage, and she's viewed as a continuation of being the wife of a Yisrael of somebody who does not eat truma, so she's not allowed to eat truma. However, if she does not have children, so then she returns back to her father's home, and just like she was able to have truma before her marriage, so she's allowed to continue eating truma after. Uh, her husband either passes away or they get divorced as long as they don't have children. So the Gemara now asks, why does the Pasuk, why does the verse say Almano Ugrusha? Why does it describe both cases? Once we have one case, it should be obvious whenever the marriage ends. Why do we need both cases? Almano Ugrusha Lamali. Why do we have to have both cases? So the Gemara says, no, we need both cases. We need the case of the widow in order to be stringent and we need the case of it being divorced in order to be lenient. As follows, If we only had in the verse the case of a widow, so the widow, she is allowed to marry a Kohen. It's true, she cannot marry the Kohen Galdah, the high priest, but she's allowed to marry a regular Kohen. So in that case, I can understand if all we had was the case of the widow in the verse, uh, that... When it comes to a widow, since she's allowed to marry a Kohen, so then if she did not have children with her first husband, with the, with the Yisrael, so then she's allowed to eat truma. But when it comes to somebody who is divorced, so maybe even if she doesn't have children, maybe she still should not eat truma because she's not, she's not allowed to marry a Kohen. That's what one would have thought. That's why we need to have both cases. And same thing is true if we only had... The case of somebody who's If we only had the case in the verse of the Grusha, of the woman who was divorced, so then I would have said that in that case, when there were children, so then when there were children, that's when uh, she's not allowed to eat truma because since A, she got divorced. And B, she had children from her original marriage you know, with the Yisrael, with a non-Kohen, so the two combined, uh, then we will say that she's not allowed to eat truma. But when it comes to an almana, when it comes to a widow, who is allowed to marry, she's, she's allowed to marry Kohanim, she can't marry the high priest, but she's allowed to marry every other Kohen, so maybe even if she has children, we would say that she she's allowed to eat truma, because in the end of the day, she's allowed to marry a Kohen. Uh, so that's why, in the end of the day, we need the verse to tell us both cases. That's the whole point. We need the verse to tell us both cases that uh, whether it's an almana, whether she be, her husband passed away or they got divorced, in both cases, if there are children from that marriage, when she married, she was the daughter of a Kohen, and then she married a Yisrael, she married somebody who's not a Kohen, if there are children from that marriage, she's not allowed to eat truma, because it's like there's some sort of continuation. However, if there aren't children from that marriage, so then she is allowed to marry, she is allowed to eat truma, whether or not it was through divorce or whether because the husband passed away. She, <coughs> if there were no children, she would be allowed to eat uh, truma. Okay. The Gemara now continues to discuss what exactly are the parameters for this idea of nivalala pasala, that if she has sexual relations with somebody that she's not allowed to have sexual relations with, so then she becomes disqualified from marrying a Kohen. How far do we take this? So the Gemara says, Is this also true in the following scenario? We know that there's a prohibition for uh, a couple if they were married and then they got divorced. She then went ahead and married somebody else in between. Then 
that husband either they get divorced or her husband passes away, she's not allowed to. There's a prohibition to return back to your first husband. You're not allowed to return back to your first husband. We've discussed this in the past and also some of the reasons why in the past. Uh, but you're not allowed to return back to your first husband. What happens if she does? Does that make her disqualified from marrying a Kohen? It's a Torah prohibition. Is she disqualified from marrying a Kohen? The Gemara says no. This is actually an exception to the rule. Why? Le'ish zar amarachmana. The Torah says to a stranger, to somebody that you're never allowed to have sexual relations with. Who? In this case, where she's marrying uh, her first husband after marrying somebody else in between, she was allowed to marry that first husband originally. There was no problem with that originally. The whole problem only occurred because they got divorced, then she married somebody else in between, and then she returns back to her first husband. So when we say stranger, it means somebody who was always a stranger. So some, there was always a prohibition uh, to have sexual relations with that person. And so the exception to this rule is to, if a person, if a woman marries her first husband after marrying somebody else in between, so then it's true, it's not allowed, but she does not become disqualified from marrying a Kohen. The Gemara then says, What about a Chalal? A Chalal is a uh, male Kohen who is the child of a prohibitive relationship between the Kohen and, let's say, somebody who was divorced or the Kohen Gadol and a widow. Uh, in all those cases, the child, if it's a boy, is viewed as a halal. This halal, he's defined as a halal, this halal um, is allowed to marry even the daughter of a Kohen. It's, it's totally permissible for them to marry the daughter of a Kohen. Um, but the question is, why, when they do have sexual relations, why is it that now this daughter of the Kohen who marries the halal, which is allowed... Why does she now become disqualified from ever marrying a Kohen who is not a Chalal, a regular Kohen? How do we know that that's not allowed? So, Amar Kra, lo yechalal zara ba'amav, makish zara lo, mahu posel, avzaru nami posel. We say that the Chalal is the child of a prohibitive relationship. And so just like in that scenario, where we are connecting different words and expounding upon the verse here, and just like, let's say, the Kohen Gadol marries a widow, that creates a child who is a halal, who then he himself is a halal, and he becomes disqualified from aspects of the kuhuna, of being a kohen. Just like uh, that's what happens to him, so so too the child, meaning this halal, also then disqualifies others, i.e. his wife. His wife now becomes disqualified from marrying a kohen. So a halal, even though they're allowed to marry uh the other women, whether it's a daughter of a Kohen or the daughter of Israel, it's allowed, but it does disqualify her from marrying a Kohen, a regular Kohen again. Okay, the Gemara continues on in its discussion. And the Gemara says, The whole verse comes from Ubas Kohen Kisia, the daughter of a Kohen Kisia, when they get married. So how do we know that it's through the act of sexual relations, maybe it's through the actual marriage. It's when they attempt to get married, which creates this prohibition. Which one is it? Is it getting married? Whenever we have these prohibitive relationships, which make these, the, the wife, the woman disqualified from marrying a Kohen, so what is it? Is it the act of sexual relations? Is it the act of marriage or the, the halachic engagement, the erison? Uh, which one disqualifies her? And so we know that it's just the, the sexual act itself, even if there isn't an engagement. Or even if it's after the engagement, it's specifically the sexual act itself. So the Gemara is essentially asking, 
Why? The verse itself is discussing Havaya. Havaya is discussing an engagement. So maybe it's even without any sexual act. It's just through getting engaged alone. A halachic engagement. That should disqualify her from ever marrying a Kohen. But we know that the halacha is not like that. How do we know? The Gemara says, Because the prime example, the prime example of becoming disqualified is the high priest marrying the Amana, marrying the widow. And we say, And just like in that case of the high priest marrying the widow, the prohibition is specifically with regards to the sexual act itself. It's not the attempt uh, to get engaged or to get married. It's the, it's the sexual act itself. And so too, for every single one of these cases where a woman is, is in a prohibitive relationship, it's specifically the sexual act itself, not uh, getting engaged. Maybe it's until you do both. Until you get engaged and perform the sexual act. Maybe you need both. So the Gemara says, no, again, here too. Again, we are comparing it to the case of the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, marrying or having sexual relations with the Almana, with the widow. Just like over there, uh, the Kohen Gadol disqualifies the widow from ever marrying any other Kohen, even a regular Kohen, not the high priest. Uh, that's done through the sexual act alone. It doesn't have to be within the context of an engagement or of a marriage. Just the sexual act alone would disqualify her. So too in all of these cases, in all of these cases that we've been discussing, anytime she is involved in a, in a prohibitive relationship, it's the sexual act alone which disqualifies her. It's not the attempt to get engaged or to get married. It's the sexual act alone. Okay, we have a few more lines in the Gemara. And this returns back to the Brisa that we had uh, in last week's recording. We had the position of Rabiosi. Rabiosi Omer, Kol Shazar Apostle Posel. The Koshins are Apostle in Oposel. Rabiosi says, he makes a certain limitation. And the Gemara now will we'll try to figure out what exactly is this limitation. But he says that any time that the children become disqualified, so then the wife becomes disqualified. But if there's a scenario where the children do not become disqualified, they're allowed uh, to marry. And they don't become disqualified, so then the mother also does not become disqualified from marrying a coin. What case is that? What is Rabiosi coming to uh, distinguish and, and, and have a different opinion about? explains, it's discussing the case of uh, of an Egyptian convert. We we know the law is that when there's an Egyptian convert or a convert from Edom, uh, they are not allowed to marry a regular Jew for the first two generations. Until the third generation, they're not allowed to marry a regular Jew. They can marry, there's some exceptions to the rule, but they, they cannot marry a regular Jew. Once they have a child from the third generation, that, that child can now marry a regular Jew. So according to Rabiosi, if a woman has sexual relations with a second-generation Egyptian, they converted, now it's the second generation, that child will be permissible to anybody amongst the Jewish people. It's a third-generation convert who is permissible. So Rebios is of the opinion, in that scenario, the wife does not become disqualified. The mother does not become disqualified in that scenario because the child is permissible. So to the mother then, uh, this woman who, it's, it's not allowed, this, this, uh, this relationship is not allowed, but it does not disqualify her from uh, marrying a Kohen. Uh, the first opinion disagrees and says that, no, it doesn't make a difference. Even though the child is permissible to marry whoever they want, uh, the, the mother is still disqualified from marrying a Kohen. That's the distinction between the first opinion and the position of Rabiosi. I think where it says, Both of them 
They uh, derive this from, again, the prime example that we've been referring back to between the Kohen Gadol and the widow. The high priest and the widow, that's not allowed, and that turns the widow into uh, somebody who's not allowed to marry a Kohen, any, any Kohen. According to the first opinion, what do we see from that relationship? That if there's a sin involved, any sin that's involved, so that disqualifies the wife from, uh, or the, this woman from uh, marrying a Kohen. And so even when it comes to second generation Egyptian, there's a sin involved. It's, you're not allowed to marry, that second generation Egyptian is not allowed to marry a uh, anybody from the from the congregation and a, a regular Jew they're not allowed to marry and so therefore if they do have sexual relations so then she becomes the wife becomes disqualified Rabiosi Savar however Rabiosi the second opinion holds no as the verse says Rabiosi says that when it comes to the Kohen Gadol and the widow they disqualify their children their children become disqualified from being part of the kuhuna, uh, from the priesthood. So, so too, that applies anytime she be, the, the woman becomes disqualified. It's only in a scenario where the children or potential children would also be disqualified. The exception to this rule is a second-generation Egyptian. The second-generation Egyptian, their children are allowed to enter into the kahal, into the congregation. And so therefore, if they have sexual relations with a woman, a Jewish woman, which is not allowed, but it wouldn't disqualify her from, in the future, marrying a Kohen. So finally, now the Gemara has the last opinion, which we also saw in an earlier recording, which is the position of Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, Omer, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says that any scenario where the daughter is allowed to marry, anybody is permissible to marry from amongst the Jewish people, so too the the mother slash this woman, even though it's a prohibitive sexual sexual act, they do not become disqualified from marrying a Kohen. What exactly is that case? Asks the Gemara. Micah bin Rabiosi, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. What is that case? Amar Ula, Ger Amoni, Moavi, We know that a convert who comes from the land of Amon or from the land of Moab, forever uh, a woman is not allowed to marry a man who comes from Amon and Moab. However, uh, the law is that if they have a daughter, even though they're not allowed to have a, a marriage with uh, with a regular with a regular Jew, if they have a daughter, that daughter can marry anybody. That daughter is allowed to marry anybody. Uh, we know from Rus and other examples that it's it's allowed. Uh, and so the Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says that since there's a scenario where the daughter, even if the son is not allowed to marry uh, a regular Jew, but since the daughter could marry a regular Jew, the mother does not become disqualified. The mother would not become disqualified from uh, from the kuhuna. And the first opinions who disagree and say that no, they still become disqualified because, uh, as we'll see, the reason why. But the first opinions disagree. But Rishon Gamliel says that she does not become disqualified. They both learn it out from that prime example of the kohen gadol to the widow. According to Rabbi he says that the wife, the woman, still becomes disqualified. Why? Because as long as there is a child or a potential child who becomes disqualified from the kuhuna, so then the mother also becomes disqualified from the kuhuna. And so therefore, in a case of uh, a woman who met, who has sexual relations with a convert from Amun Moab, 
or Moab, even though if it was a daughter, if they had a daughter, the daughter would be permissible to marry any Jew. But if they had a son, it would be disqualified. So too, the mother is disqualified. says, no. What do we see from the Almana to the Kohen Gadol, from the high priest to the widow, that all of their children become disqualified, men, boys, and girls, all of their children become disqualified. So therefore, if it's a case where the women do not become disqualified, such as converts from Ammon and Moab, where the daughters are allowed to marry Jews, it's only the sons who can't marry Jews. So in that case, when a Jewish woman has sexual relations with a convert from Ammon or Moab, which is not allowed, it is not allowed, but the, the, the women do not become disqualified from marrying uh, a Kohen. So just a quick review. This is the end of the Gemara, and we'll begin a new Mishnah uh, in the next recording. And hopefully, uh, perhaps by the end of this week, uh, we will finish uh, this chapter, either end of this week, beginning of next week, uh, we will complete this chapter, which is very exciting, the end of chapter 7. The next chapter is a very exciting chapter. But just a quick review of what we what we just did. Uh, we discussed uh, different limitations to this concept that whenever a woman has sexual relations with somebody that they're prohibitive to be with, that she becomes disqualified from ever again ma- from, from marrying a Cohen in the future. Uh, one exception to the rule is marrying your first husband after marrying somebody else in between. Uh, but then other exceptions, potential exceptions, there's a dispute about it, would be about marrying or having sexual relations with a second generation Egyptian or from Edom, where it's not allowed, but maybe she does not become disqualified, or if she marries a convert from Ammon or Moab, which is also not allowed, but maybe she does not become disqualified. So we'll begin the next Mishnah in the next recording.